0: So, hmm. I. and it is an appalling thing that the privileged classes are more likely to disparage marriage, let's say.
1: And so, these ideas trickle down over time. They sort of permeate throughout society because... Uh, elites, affluent, educated people wield disproportionate influence, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's through fashion. media, pop culture, fashion. Mm-hmm. Do you know, uh, here's you know, something
0: cool. Yeah. So do you know that names drift down the social hierarchy?
1: Huh. What? I, I well, had this so,
0: well, so uh, influential upper class people will produce a name for their child. And then that name I, yeah. is gets popularized all the way down the social hierarchy until it becomes passe and so and becomes more and more common as it drifts down so this influence that you're describing yeah. you can measure it everywhere they're they're the fashion leaders they're on the cutting edge and everyone imitates
1: and so yes and I think that, so, so, you know, of course, like actual fashion clothing, of course, the sort mm-hmm. of trendsetters, and then it trickles down to everyone else. I, I didn't, I didn't know this about names, which is really interesting, but I, I think it it is also for sort of moral beliefs as well. One idea that I've sort of been playing with, maybe this is, you know, a little bit dangerous for me to say, but I've been thinking about this, you know, who was championing um, sort of colorblindness, integration, this idea that we should treat everyone on their merits and so on. I mean, whatever, 50 or 60 years ago, this was a very progressive idea and it was mostly championed by highly educated people, more affluent people. They also tended to be the abolitionist movement in the US and so on. But more recently, uh, things have changed. So my idea here is that in the past, the elites had this idea of colorblindness. Over time, that idea trickled throughout society such as such that now today, if you talk to a typical middle-class or working-class Western person, they do tend to basically believe in colorblindness. Their racial attitudes are basically like, who cares? Um, And it's not not an important thing in their lives. And so now that the elites have spread this belief, how do they once again distinguish themselves from the hoi polloi, from those middle and working-class people? They once again have to make race an important feature of our social reality. Um, so now I, got I a, have I got to basically... a comment
0: about your theory there for a sec, if you don't mind. Sure. When Francis Galton, hundred and fifty years ago, started studying, he thought about it as uh, excellence, something like that. I mean, some of the IQ research came out of that. He started to measure people on a whole variety of different dimensions. But his conception of of excellence, of superiority, let's say, wasn't so much cognitive capacity, the more differentiated sorts of things that we might measure today and associate with some degree of value, conscientiousness, creativity, intelligence. Galton, who was an English aristocrat, which is the reason I'm bringing this up, was at the forefront of that movement, and he believed, like most English aristocrats of his time, that England was a superior culture and that English aristocrats were the hallmark of English superiority, right? And so, but that superiority was fundamentally, I would say, moral. That the superiority that was being searched for wasn't economic, exactly. That the economic superiority was an indicator of the moral superiority. And so, and that would be associated. Yes, yes. So that would be associated with something like moral purity, and, hmm. and, and associated with disgust. Now, George Orwell talked about, because he was from relatively higher social status, I think he was upper middle class, but he said he had a visceral distaste of the working class. And he had to overcome that, and he did. He worked in restaurants, and he worked in all sorts of jobs. He, he went to war. I mean, Orwell strove to overcome that visceral disgust. And disgust is, the opposite of disgust is purity. And that's associated with a kind of moral superiority. And so one of the things that your idea, one of the ideas that your concept brings up is the notion that the central axis of social hierarchy is something like assumed moral superiority. And everything else is a marker of that, including economic wealth. You know, I have this economic wealth because I deserve it. That's an indicator that I'm superior morally. And that would go along with the idea of, I think that would go along with the idea of luxury belief. You need to distinguish yes. yourself from the contaminated lower classes constantly. And there were reasons Which is, for that I think in the past on too.